Welcome to the Notary Ninja Show with author, entrepreneur, business developer, and, well, ninja master, Mark Sias. We discuss side hustles, business opportunities, scams, leveling up, and so much more. Just don't argue with them. It could cost you your life. You can reach Mark at LegalDocPrepNotary.com. Is recorded. All right, guys, welcome to the Notary Ninja Show. And today we have a very special guest. This is Mr. Sean Boyle, who is one of the founders of a digital marketing agency called Momentum. And uh, Sean Boyle also has his own podcast, the Sean Boyle Podcast. And uh, so this gentleman in one year out of college, I mean, talking coming right out of the gates and most people still don't know what they want to do with their life. He jumped right in, hit the ground running and runs this uh, digital marketing agency. And I have scoped this stuff out and it's it's professional work. It's impressive. The graphics, the calls to action. This is somebody who knows what they're doing and I want to pick his brain because I got something to learn from this guy. So if I was the notary ninja, Sean, we would say he is a digital marketing ninja. <laughs> um, and uh, not just in the... Uh, allegory sense, but he uh, does a little bit of martial arts too. So we have that in common. So let me start this out with, uh, Sean. who is Sean Boyle? Oh man, before I go into that, thank you so much for the intro. That, that was amazing right there. Thank you so much. Um, who am I? Well, I, I'm a lifelong Philadelphian, been in Philadelphia all my 25 years. And I'm just a grinder, man. You know, I, I'm a very old school soul in the sense that I just believe in, you know, traditional hard work. And as much as I'm on social media, you know, I, I try to stay off of it as much as I can and just enjoy people's company in person. Right, you know, right. I, I think I, I'm so different than the average uh, millennial because I'm not sensitive. I have thick skin. <laughs> you know, I, I can, you know, take feedback and criticism. And I think that's served me pretty well in my Definitely. 25 years. Definitely. Um, yeah. I yeah. think like with m millennials, I, I think unfortunately there's a negative connotation, but there's some distinct advantages, um, especially if you can get the feels out of the way and, you know, the, the technology, the insight and the understanding. And, and I see millennials that have that ability to seize and grab opportunities that uh, people just Gen Xers like me, just they're a little too old. So they're stuck in old school and the old school work ethic combined with that that uh, millennial visionary is a, I think it's, that's the entrepreneurs of the future. Yeah. So. I couldn't agree more, man. And um, I'm sure we're going to go into this, but I, I have a very interesting story, or at least I like to think so. I want, and I want to hear it. Yep. How I, I came up. So yeah, I, I'll tell it right now. So for the people who don't know uh, who I am, um, just some average Joe from Philadelphia, I went to the best high school in America called Roman Catholic High School. Um, all boys school, Catholic high school for their four years. Um, and I really didn't know what I wanted to do with my college life, right? I, I knew, oh, I'm kind of good at math and science a little bit and very extroverted. I like business. So I wanted to, my original goal, I, I want to see if I have drawings though. I think it's in my other house, but I wanted to create like my own car company, like engineering. So I applied for the uh, Penn State Altoona engineering program to enroll in that. And I got accepted, very great, grateful for that. And my family at the time, we were thinking of taking this big, long vacation in the Bahamas, right? My dad, he's the kind of guy where traditional South, um, Northeast, uh, or not Northeast, a uh, Fairmount guy, Irish guy. 
She yeah. likes to drink, the whole family wanted to go down and just woo, go crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was about a week before I was graduating and I got a call from him, right? And I was thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so excited, you know, because uh, you know, we're ready. It's almost time. He's probably going to drop the vacation and all the details. Oh my God, I'm so excited. So I pick up the phone and his voice couldn't be more ominous, right? And he goes on this long-winded spiel and say, hey, Sean, essentially, from all this stuff I'm telling you, I'm getting indicted by the federal government. I'm going to prison. And as an 18-year-old man, I'm like, Jesus Christ. I mean, this is, uh, I can't even think of this. From going to vacation now, I'm here. My dad's going to prison. I'm like, what's going on here? So that started a whole process. And and I don't want to go into the, the intangibles of it. But from that moment to about, I would say, what? Last year, last March, that was the whole process of my dad going to prison and, and getting sentenced and, you know, going through me visiting him. I had to drive two, three hours, you know, while I was in school to see him, whether I was in school or while I was yeah. home. He was always that far away. And then, you know, him getting appeals and him getting successful appeals him getting unsuccessful appeals and finally getting out, um, I believe, in March of, uh, of 21. And uh, him going through parole and having an ankle bracelet and not being able to drink and go out. And, you know, now where we can go to Puerto Rico, I actually have a condo in, in Puerto Rico as an investment property. Um, and we're going to go there uh, probably next month. But it, it was unbelievable because I took him out actually to a Penn State game last weekend, you know, for Thanksgiving. And to be able to do that, man, after the craziness that he's been through and I've been through. Priceless. It's unreal. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's that's kind of the story. Um, we can get into kind of like how that shaped me, I guess, but it's, it's just crazy to think, you know, he, he was in, he, he took an extended vacation when I was in school. He, he yeah, was in but it, it, now you've positioned yourself, uh, in such a way that you can really take advantage of the time with them. I mean, you know, what a, um, what a life changing thing, you know, um, I tell people, I talk about a little bit in the book we wrote, um, my dad got, you know, obviously he was in his seventies and had some uh, dementia and kind of started going downhill and we saw it coming, but I was so grateful that over those last couple of years, I had so much time freedom and way more money than I ever made in my life at that point. And I'm by no means a millionaire and like I said, no means got everything figured out, but way more money than I ever made in my life working way less of the time consuming time was just able to just spend time with them, take them, travel all over the place and it was great. You know, you, you can't get that time back, but I have no regrets that we were able to do that. So I, it's neat to be able to hear that from you to almost mirroring that with uh, your father, you know, now that you've, you, you've gotten these, you got vacation properties, right? I mean, okay, come on, dad, let's go. That's cool. So go ahead. Tell me more. Well, I, I mean, it's one of these things where on the, my dad's side of the family, right? Long history of drug, alcohol abuse. I like to go out. I wouldn't say I'm like a binge drinker by any stretch of the imagination. I, I just like to have a couple drinks a month, honestly. Um, I don't smoke. I don't do any crazy drugs. I, I really get a natural high off of doing a lot of other biohacking things, which we, we could talk about later on. But yeah, point being with telling the audience that is I had a choice at the end of the day, right? When I heard him oh, I'm going to prison, once I heard that and understood what was going on, I could have said, you know what, I'm going to make excuses. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z and, and just, you know, F around and not have a path in my life, not have a purpose and just drink and drink and drink and, you know, really just make that an excuse at the end of the day. Or 
I could have done what my little brother and I did. And that's just take it head on, figure out what we want to do and, and invest in yourself and, and your career that you want to do and go from there. What's funny was when I went to Penn State for engineering, I absolutely hated it. I didn't mind the classes. I didn't mind the classes, but I just didn't like the people who I was with because they just, no offense, they seemed kind of nerdy. And I didn't want to like, not that I didn't want to associate myself because they were good people, but it's like, if I have these people as coworkers, you know, at what point in time are I going to be like, oh my gosh, I need to get the heck out of here. Like this, hey, this is just not what? my feeling. It's, it's just taking a measure of yourself. Um, before I was an entrepreneur, I was a nurse and it, oh, wow. No disrespect, but I was like, what am I doing working with these idiots, man? <laughs> you know, I can yeah. get out of here, you know? <laughs> exactly. And at that point in time, I was like, oh my gosh, like I just can't see myself with them. So I was in uh, business. I was in entrepreneurship. So I finally, through the inner workings of social media, got with, you know, Gary V and his podcast and Tony Robbins and his podcast and learned yeah. a lot. And I was like, I want to do digital marketing. I think this is kind of cool. So I, at that time, I had an advisor named Irene Hurt. I think she's still with Penn State. Great woman, teaches Russian, helped me actually get an internship, the first one and the only one that I really need. And, and she gave me a stack of papers about like six inches thick, like all these different papers. The first one I saw on the, um, the stack of papers was uh, Momentum. And to clarify everything, I'm a partner in the company, but I started out as an intern working for my now gotcha. business partner, Mac. And I actually worked my way up all throughout college from intern to sales associate, to sales executive, all this kind of stuff. And then I finally was made partner at the end of the year of my senior year. And I created this division called Momentum 360, where we do virtual tours and photography and yes. branding, you know, for yes, a lot of small businesses that. across the US. So that's really you know, my, where I got my love of, of photography and, and everything is really just from creating videos online and doing the podcast that I did in college. I was a freshman, senior, and, you know, Joe Rogan influenced me. And um, I actually was meeting with one of my mentors at the time in State College. And I said, hey, man, I'd really like to do my own show. But for some reason, I you know, with money and everything, I don't have the resources necessary. And he's like, dude, I have some audio equipment. I have some cameras. Just take them. You know, and, and I'm not going to ask for anything in return. Just, you know, when you get back up the state, bring them to me and that's going to be it. Just don't, you know, uh, screw them up or damage them. And I was like, all right, great. So he gave me about $10,000 uh, worth of equipment and I was able to you know, make the show and everything. And it was wonderful, man. I mean, looking back on everything at Penn State, it was such a plus. As much as I complained about, you know, I got to go to this class, that class, I'd rather work right. in the business. I think having that structure and discipline while my father was away was so helpful to me because I think I would have been a lot like my little brother where he didn't go to college and he was more so a little more anxious than I was about the situation because he was closer to my dad, you know, uh, location wise. Right. So it just, you know, he, he didn't really have a set job at that point. He didn't have a set curriculum. So it, it was such an interesting thing. And, um, yeah, I'll never take that for granted. I think, you know, I'm very blessed to go through it as crazy as that sounds, because I know that I wouldn't be the man I am today without going through that. And, and that's how I look at every negative thing that happens. You know, you know client doesn't uh, want to do a shoot anymore. Okay, great. The tenant doesn't make payment. No worries. We'll talk to them. We'll get a plan of action or we'll get a new one in. So I, I always like to look at the uh, the positive and be an eternal optimist because I think um, I, I've just at this point bred for it. I'm, that's what I come to, to see the world.
Yeah, the, the adversity or the challenges, I, ideally there's some learning from it and some skill development uh, is the idea. Um, I like to try to learn from other people's mistakes other than my own, but I've definitely <laughs> learned from my own. <laughs> you know, I've definitely yeah. thrown some good money after bad at a time or two. So yeah. tell me about, so I looked at Momentum 360 and uh, like the graphics and the visual virtual tour is definitely a brilliant idea. Um, I think a lot of realtors probably, are. is that your clientele for that? I could see where they could capitalize on that real or investors even. Yeah, realtors, investors were primarily our first client base to really get in. The thing with that is it's more of a volume play. Whereas like, you know, we're not making much profit off of these like three, five, $700 jobs, but it got us to a point where we got testimonials, we got case studies. And, you know, long and behold, we start getting schools, businesses come to yes. us. And those are the larger ones because we charge based on the size of the property. So the larger the property, you know, the more money we make. So that's kind of how it steamrolled into what it is today where, you know, we're working with universities and larger commercial spaces, you know, as large as a couple million square feet. Cool, cool. Now, as far as handling the graphics and the shooting of it, do you oversee that or is that kind of an outsourced thing or? Not anymore, man. I mean, I used to do everything. I was such a jack of all trades when we, when we first started this full time uh, in 2020. I have a director, thankfully, he's, he's as good as uh, the day is long, John McKnight. And um, then we have a team actually of VAs who carries out all the post-production and calling the photographers, stuff like that. John just really sees everything on a day-to-day -day basis, makes sure that every you know the whole process is running smoothly, calling photographers, doing this, doing that when he needs to step in. Um, but what's crazy about the whole, um, you know, company is the partners are the only employees, everything else, everyone else is really a contractor. And that saves us a lot of tax, as you can imagine, because we're you know paying them as 1099, yes. not as W2 employees. And as time goes on, I think it's a great model to use as we're trying to launch this new program where we're actually going to be implementing uh, SAMs, service area managers to manage all these other locations. And it's going to be an interesting model um, more of a licensing model rather than a franchising model. But that's kind of on the horizon. Gotcha. No, that's that, that's a good year. idea because there, there's some duplicity there that um, yep. you know will definitely help out. And uh, you know, I always tell people to to leverage technology or le leverage other people. Leverage, you know, you you have these tools at your disposal, and that leverage is what allows you to escape that time for dollars trap. Yeah, exactly. So let me ask you about your influences. So you like to, you know, in, in your hobby time, you like to do a little self-improvement reading and like obviously podcasts. So who would you say has your biggest impact on you? Who is, who, whose words have resonated the most with you? What's funny, man, is I really came across this person two years ago and I started really loving entrepreneurship, you know, back in 2016 when I was in high school and I've read probably hundreds of books. But the one person who I think is the most, not only legitimate, but the words that he speaks just resonate and I can conceptualize them because he talks so basic as if, if I'm a third grader that I can understand it. Um, that person's Alex Ramosi. I'm sure that you probably heard of him. A lot of entrepreneurs have heard of him, but just to emulate and, and exacerbate, you know, his value, $100 million offers, which is the book that I would recommend every entrepreneur learns and, and reads, is one of the most valuable books of business I've ever read. And that might not mean that much you know, to Alex coming from, you know, some 25 year old kid, but it's so powerful because I was able to quite literally last year, read that book, structure the offer in such a way where we were able to double 
what we were able to do from last year. And then we're on the same pace to do, you know, what we're going to do next year. And hopefully you're on, um, but it, it's, it's 99 cents on Amazon, thousands of five-star reviews, and you can go on Hermosi's Instagram or YouTube and it's just producing solid value. And Layla, uh, his wife actually does a lot of good value as well, but the Hermosi's man, they're, um, they're impressive people. They're, they're awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. I like to tell people if there's something that you can pick up and read in a matter of a few minutes a day or, or whatever, and you can extract that value from it. You just, you, you're, you're shortchanging yourself if you're not taking advantage of that, you know, somebody's uh, wisdom, you know? Um, so that's cool. I am going to check that one out myself, actually. Yeah. I'll take uh, a step further too. Um, what I like to do when I think not a lot of people do this is they're like, Oh, I'll get an audio book or I'll get the physical copy. If I really want to get information into my brain so I can remember it and both. then utilize it, I get both. Yeah. And get it's both. literally, <laughs> you're, you're, you're reading the physical copy and you're putting, you know, some headphones in, you're putting some AirPods in, whatever, and you're listening to it as well. And it's kind of like how people, when they're taking notes, you know, and then they're also listening to the professor. I think it's kind of the same thing if you're in college, but if you are doing that for books, highly recommend you do that, especially for. Good. For yeah. That's people. a good tip. Just don't just listen to it or read it, but digest it, eat it, absorb yep. it. Yeah, exactly. Good deal. So let so in the SEO space, what would you tell if if I told somebody you you've got let's just say like a fledgling business that they've got a a, a website and they're trying to get traffic or people, uh, what would your what would you would offer them for advice? The first couple of things I would do, not just for the website, but for um, like a local perspective, because I think it's. To get clients, the easiest thing you could do is to build a local online presence where, let's just say, for instance, someone hits me up and, you know, types in on Google, photographers near me, and they're in Philadelphia, right? I come up number one for that key phrase, right? So whatever service-based business you're running, I would highly recommend doing these three things. And I'll talk a little slower so everyone can write this down. All the right. first thing is getting a Google My Business profile. Okay, it's one of the easiest things to do. It's free. You're able to quite literally manage your description, your reviews, your Q&As, all the information, all of the posts. Because remember, this is essentially a social media profile for Google. So you want to treat it right. as such, right? With a lot of content and a lot of uh, reviews. Reviews, I would say, are the, probably the number one um, factor for you ranking locally. Nice. On That's a good to know. I've always wondered what, what was the number one single thing out of that. And so reviews yep. is definitely. Yeah. Reviews a hundred percent, um, getting people to ask questions, whether they're from your own company or from a team or something. And then you answer those questions for, uh, and, and you include something like, uh, like a key phrase. So for there instance, if someone's asking how much do virtual tours cost, I say, thank you, Rick, for the question. Our virtual tour services cost X. And this way you're having virtual tour services yes. in the, the answer. And the same thing with responding to reviews. And um, you can also geotag photos. So if you want to go to uh, geoimgr.com, geoimager.com. Okay. You, yeah, you can go to uh, this place where you take a photo, you put it on the, um, you download it, you get the coordinates, the longitude and latitude of your business or where you want to rank. Let's just say for uh, Philadelphia, for example, you throw those coordinates in and then you have a key phrase attached and then you tag that photo and you throw it into Google, my business profile. 
And Google's going to say, oh, so this picture represents, you know, virtual tour services in Philadelphia. So they're going to rank you accordingly to what you do and where you do it. So that's number one. The second this thing is I good. Do, this is good stuff, Sean. I'm I'm taking now. I'm right. <laughs> the, the geotagging is good. I, I was with you the, okay. with the GMB guys. GMB is the mod, which they changed the name, right? It's Google Profile or something now. But Google modern day profile, yellow, yes. yeah, modern day yellow page. Um, yeah. Except that you can't cheat it with the A plus or triple A service. You can't cheat it that way. You got to have some good old fashioned good service reviews but so but this geotagging this is you really perked my interest here so let's keep going yeah and what's nice is you can do this with your website images and videos as well it doesn't just have to be google my business which is great the second thing i would recommend is writing blogs um, for questions that someone would type in on google so using the example i just used if someone wants to figure out okay how much the virtual tours cost I literally wrote that same blog with the same exact title, How Much a Virtual Tours Cost. You guys can Google it while you're listening to me talk right now, and you'll see that MomentumVirtualTours.com, my website, ranks number one for that. And we actually have a featured snippet on Google, which is nice. the featured you know thing from a blog that gets emphasized when someone deems it valuable enough, which I'm very flattered. And it literally says, our virtual tour services cost X plus X. Like, that's the location that... The equation that you know you get for the pricing so google really helps you out they're your friend but you need to know how to utilize it you know so that's the second thing um i would recommend if you're starting out in business and you don't have a big marketing budget learn how to write and what i like to do is is go through this uh i would say checklist structure okay structure yeah structure as well so you have two thousand words total You have a keyword density of about two to three percent of the entire blog, right? So that two to three percent of the 2,000 words are going to include your key phrase or keyword. You have five internal links that link to your website. And then you have five external links that rank to the top five websites that already rank number one, two, three, four, five for your key phrase, okay? So you're essentially citing them like you would do a college paper or something, right? Excellent. The next thing you do is you take five images that are geotagged, again, and you throw them in the blog. And then I like to make a YouTube video to cap it off. Some people don't, but I would recommend it just to amplify your brand and make it something on YouTube. Again, another uh, social citation. Powerful engine too. Exactly. And there you go. That's that's pretty much your bread and butter for writing blogs. I, again, if you're just starting off in the business, service-based business, I would write two to three blogs a week if you can, right? Because you either have time or money. And if you don't have money, you have time. And that time should be spent learning a skill such as writing so you can write SEO optimized blogs and start to do Excellent. something that Excellent. This is this is good stuff. Uh, obviously, we have on our site we have a blog page which has got you know bazillions. But what's interesting is I rank probably first page on some things nationally. Some of those long chain keywords, and I have done like this. I'm gonna go back and edit stuff and be like, okay, this is good. The five, the five, the geotag because I've done none of that. But so and that shows you that was just me kind of throwing darts at a wall. Like you know you hear content is king, but now we have directed content is king right appropriately appropriately used content is king this is good stuff yep exactly and again what's nice about it is you're not tapping into any of your monetary resources you're just tapping into your time so 
you really, again, I think writing and sales are the two most important skills you could have as an entrepreneur. Um, so if you know, learn how to write, I mean, you're, you're going to be so much farther uh, with the competition because they're using a pay to play method with like Google ads or Facebook ads. And they don't really know SEO, which SEO is so much more powerful than just uh, advertising. You know, I'm, I just pissed off a lot of e-commerce people and other entrepreneurs, but that's how I see it, honestly. No, um, no, that that's, uh, you know, Russell, you probably heard of Russell Brunson and he's, you know, he yep. has the theory that, you know, when it's organic like that, the trajectory is it, it hits a point of unstoppability. Yeah. And, and it has a steadiness to it where pay-per-click it's a, it's kind of a cat and mouse game and uh, I dabble in it, but I can tell you the bulk of, of revenue we generate for digital stuff is, is by and far organic, you know, no money spent. So. That's awesome, man. <clears throat> Yeah. And, and then the third thing is really, uh, and this is something that not a lot of people do. I have trouble with it because I have 50 Google My Businesses that I have to <laughs> worry about. But it's making sure that when you're creating your Google business profile, whether you have multi locations or you're creating local citations like a Yelp, a Yellow Pages, a Facebook page, all of these citations, you want to make sure that three things are the exact same. Your name, your address, and your phone number. And you've probably talked about this in your show, but I'll just emulate this again. There you have it. It's it's good for him to hear it from somebody else, though. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's good to hear from somebody else. Nap consistency. Just to, yeah. got to keep and, Yeah. And, and I know like some people are like, oh my gosh, you know, Sean, you're, you're a broken record. But it's true. You know, everyone's looking for that secret sauce of how you're going to get local uh, rankings and how you're going to have local dominance against your competitors. This is it. You know, this is literally what I've done to get to the level where I'm at and, and continue learning. So, you know, take this. And I would say whether you're a solopreneur or whether you're, you know, someone who has a team, have a meeting, whether it's with your team or yourself, and just have an audit. You know, it's perfect because it's almost at the end of the year. Have an end of year audit with yourself to say, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we're not doing. And this year in 2023, we're going to, again, not be perfect, but we're going to have an effort to be as uh, best as possible to improve in this specific area. Because again, if you're looking at your, yourself in the mirror and you're trying to be one-on-one -on -one and, you know, be your, uh, you know, be, be the best uh, version of yourself, then having that, uh, what is it? Persistence of effort and execution rather than being perfect. Yeah. I, I, and yeah, consistency is so much more powerful than just looking at X competitor and, you know, saying, oh my gosh, but they're, what they're doing, they're doing the same things. They're, they're doing the basics. The advanced people never not do the basics. Exactly. That is a good analogy. And I think I maybe glossed over it a little too quickly, but yeah, you talked about how you got into digital marketing because you're passionate about it. And guys, if you're running a business that you're passionate about, writing shouldn't be much of an issue. You probably like talking about it. You're writing, you're just putting into words what you like to talk about. So yep. it doesn't have to, I don't think you have to complicate it too much. You definitely want to have those long chain keywords and uh, there are keyword search tools, but if you know your market, you probably already know what those keyword searches are. So, um, but, and you should be willing to, to talk about that. So the, there it is content, get, you know, just, you're just, getting out there to the world, your message on word, because the internet, Google specifically likes words. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's talk about, uh, man, this is good stuff. I'm so glad we had you on. Dabble a little bit in jujitsu uh, yeah. and some Muay Thai. That's cool. Uh, how did you get into that? Oh, man, I, I've been an athlete my whole life, lacrosse, rowing, baseball, basketball, football, you know, 
I stumbled upon the UFC, the Ultimate Fighting Championship, uh, back around, oh my gosh, I think 2013, when Conor McGregor had his first fight against Marcus Brimage. Knocked him out in like less than a minute. And at that point, I've never seen anything more captivating from an entrance. And this is his first walkout, his first fight. It's not like he was fighting Eddie Alvarez in Madison Square Garden to become the double champ, right? Like his right. first fight, he had that kind of charisma. So I was almost taken aback not just from the fighting aspect of it, not the sheer violence, but just how someone could move their bodies and become effective in that and and the athleticism for sure, but also how someone can be so much of an entertainer and captivate the crowd. Because at that point, I think McGregor was like, what? He was on the prelims at that point. He wasn't on the main card. And he had the most cheer out of anybody that night, including the main event. So I was just so, as an Irishman, you know, I was just so proud of that. And I was like, you know, let me start watching this kind of stuff a little bit more. And dude, I got obsessed with it. I was like, nothing <laughs> compelled. Nothing is better than MMA. Are you serious? Like, I've always been a fan of boxing, but just combine everything in such a way that you know you have ultimate fighting, mixed martial arts. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing is better than that, in my opinion. And again, it's not for the sheer violence. Like, you know, some of my uh, ex-girlfriends they, they didn't like that I you know did MMA because like oh my gosh like I'm scared or you know I don't like how you're so violent it's like if anything I'm not only trying to prevent violence but I'm trying to you know at the end of the day understand myself as a human being because I think MMA the thing that's so great about it and you know this as well doing a lot of other martial arts is it's human chess with dire physical consequences so it's just yeah, so very, very sophisticated. If you have an understanding yeah. of it, it the, the mechanics of motion are, it's a very sophisticated, the, the people that thought this stuff up, brilliant. It's very sophisticated when you look at the, the mechanics of it all for sure. Yeah. And um, at the end of the day, like I, I just do it to ease my mind. I, I don't have, I don't get a better workout in the gym. Um, lo- low stress. I feel more confident in myself, obviously. And you meet some cool people doing it as well. You yeah. know, Phil McLaurice, um, really quickly, he's uh, my sensei, I guess you could say. And he was one of the first black belts in America. He learned from the Gracies. He came over from Brazil. And, um, you know, I, I I can call him up if I wanted to right now. He's, he's cool. in my phone. He's, he's a great guy. And th- those are the kind of relationships you have when you do this. It's very selfless and um, it's very powerful. I have mixed feelings about mixed martial arts. And the mix is, first of all, what I love about it is it has cleared the air about what works and what doesn't work. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, I, I grew up in the uh, the late 80s going through uh, high school and, you know, taking Taekwondo and uh, it's cool. It looks good. It looks great on TV. It looks great in the karate class. But uh, once I got into a few altercations, I realized I needed something more effective. And, uh, of course... <laughs> graduated to uh to jujitsu which again was it's sophisticated i mean it's like the gentleman's way of taking people down you know like let's just stop this right now let's stop this nonsense without a whole lot of you know a whole lot of a a bloodbath or or punching back and forth but um what uh i like about it is yeah is that we now see like you it's plain to see these specific key moves functional foundational moves are very effective what I don't like about that is everybody now knows that, you know, I mean, like in 1995, <laughs> I always kept a rear naked choke in my back pocket. Like I'll take anybody out with that if I got to. And now everybody knows what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that cat's out of the bag. 
I, I like that because it makes people have more creativity in finding out what else is going to be gonna level the up. next move. You know, you look at people like Gordon Ryan, who Gordon's a tank. He's like 6'4". He hasn't lost the match in five years. What makes him the best isn't his physicality. That's part of it. But I think what I like the most is his fluidity with between movements and his creativity to think of not only new moves, like finishing moves, but oh, I didn't think about this of how to take it back, or I didn't think about this before of how to sweep a leg or something. He's he's constantly innovating on how to get to that next level that isn't traditional, that isn't the way that it's been done before. And I think as time goes on, jiu-jitsu is only going to be more and more creative with all these different moves, not from a finishing perspective, because there, I think there's only a certain amount of finishing moves, but in terms of transitions and, and other right. things like that, that's where it's really interesting. And I think that as someone who is very, very uh, new, so to speak, in terms of martial arts, I can't wait because I'm going to be 70 years old doing this stuff. And then I'm going to be leg locking people doing 360s, all this kind of stuff. It's That's cool. It's going to be That's amazing. Cool. Yeah. So let me ask you this and then we'll wrap it up here shortly. But uh, what is the future hold for Sean Boyle? Well, I'll tell you this. I mean, I, before I say anything, you know, I'm, I'm always willing to learn and, and I like to be a sponge, you know, because I try to stay as humble as possible and to have that mindset that not only am I not better than anybody, but it's, it's one versus one, you know, it's me versus me. I used to look at myself on, on social media and say, why am I not this guy? Why am I not that guy? And I think that's the, the devil talking uh, in comparison. Sure thing. And, you know, I want to have that in myself within the future and um, we're working, like I said, on a very interesting licensing model with 360, where people who are entrepreneurs, not necessarily photographers, but entrepreneurs can come to us and they can run uh, a section of our company uh, wherever they want, honestly. And um, it's a very interesting thing. We're building that right now. I firmly believe from a monetary perspective, we can take this to eight figures, maybe even nine, and um, really impact a lot of entrepreneurs and, and people in the creative space. Because... Everyone is creating a digital marketing company now. No one is creating a virtual tour company that is kind of what we're, we're doing, you know. And um, other than that, I want to continue buying real estate. I want to, you know, talk on more podcasts and, and uh, coach people more and get on stages and just really expand my network. And I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm here for it, man. I, I love life. And uh, to have that long-term mindset to just, know that in the end it's all going to work out you just have to keep putting in the effort and um have some short wins along the way obviously because you can't ignore the short game um you, you become really happy in that and you enjoy the process more than getting to that final destination definitely this conversation right here could be a book in itself man you've dropped so much wisdom on us um for sure i mean just in those last couple of sentences you know just the the consistency stay sticking with it taking those small wins and celebrating them you know, those are the uh, lessons of masters, really. Um, so how can people get a hold of Sean Boyle? If they want to get a hold of you or they're interested in momentum, uh, per se, how can we get a hold of you? Really easy. So just go to my website, SeanBoyle.com. That's S-E-A-N-B-O-Y-L-E.com. I got my personal email. I got my personal phone number on there. I'm not Jeff Bezos yet, but contact me when you, when you can. Uh, fill out a form. Um, if you're interested in momentum or uh, myself, I do uh, private consulting and coaching and um, let's get connected. If uh, you need any help with scaling your business to six figs a month, which I've been fortunately able to do, 
in the service-based area, um, definitely hit me up and then we can talk. And whether you have a, a deal for real estate or question about jujitsu, I'd be able to answer that as well. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. It sounds like uh, Sean has a lot to offer, guys. So uh, take what he's given you and apply it. Uh, you know, just a little bit of it and you'll see how that can work. And like you said, if you want to reach out to him and and level up even more, you can, you know how to get a hold of him. So Sean, thanks for being on the show, man. This was, uh, this was really awesome. You're a really neat individual. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We'll talk soon.